1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to AfterBuzz yes, yes. TV. What's yes.
2: up?
1: You are tuning into AfterBuzz TV for r Divas LA Season 2, Episode 5, titled Divas in Denial" Or Diva in Denial. I'm yours, Ben Merrickson, and I would mm-hmm. like to introduce you to my panel
2: What's up? I'm Megan Thomas.
1: What's up? What's up? It's Alfred Nolan Thomas. My cousin
2: from a different auntie. Right.
1: Or I remember when people used to think you guys were married. Oh, how cute. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's go right into uh, last night's episode. So, Misha Lay has this performance for the Martin Luther King Parade in Los Angeles where they... Shut down the entire Crenshaw area, and so she brings us to uh, she brings us um, uh, to Little Mo and to Chrissette Michelle. I never you can can't say her, her name, her
2: name. Yes, like cassette. cassette
1: mm-hmm. And they're from the East Coast, so they're kind of wondering, um, Crenshaw. That's
2: valid because uh, when I first moved to LA, that's exactly what I said. It's, I was like, "Hold on, Crenshaw. I have to go down Crenshaw. It's okay. <laughs> it's not. It's not bad.
1: It's also valid for well." I, it's very valid. I was just there the other day and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was there the other day. Wait, what, what number is my mic? Well, probably one. Okay. Uh, I was just there the other day on not knowing that I was going to be in the neighborhood and, I had, I was wearing red. I had to take on my red watch. I had to take on my hat. That's,
2: no, well, that no. ain't even real. No, no, no,
1: not yes, really. it
2: is. But I'm saying that, okay, well, maybe you're a guy, so it's different. And totally different because <laughs> I'm a guy. But
1: there's too many color restrictions. I don't blame them for wanting to, like, what's the hood really? Like, you know. I watch
2: boys in the hood too much. It's not that, it's not as bad. I mean, I mean nowadays
1: it's not. When I first
0: but... moved here, I lived in La Park, which is oh, like right there. Oh my goodness. And I mean, when I was living in a neighborhood, it was cool for me, but I was coming as a visitor. I was like, staring to myself, the windows of my neighbors, did get shot out, but that was just you know, <laughs> some things this that happened, that, but it, it wasn't necessary. So I, I get, I did, I couldn't knock what they were saying at the same time when black people in that neighborhood come together, you know, I've been to the Martin Luther King um, event there and it is a nice event. And Yes, things happen. I think things happen everywhere. But at the same time, you know, it made me... I felt a double-edged sword on it because I was like, ah, she shouldn't have brought that up because it would be nice to just have a nice tone Mm -hmm. to something that happens in that neighborhood because, I mean, they are rebuilding it. There's a lot of wonderful things. Um, Magic Johnson still does a lot of great things in the community. So Mm -hmm. it's going in the right direction, and I felt bad about it. At the same time,
1: you do never know. I agree. It's the... The entire neighborhood's not bad. I'm just saying, for me, um, when I go, I have to make sure that I'm not wearing like six or seven different colors because the <laughs> streets are the streets, and for a male, it is what it is. But there's a lot of great places, mm-hmm. um, a lot of good, good food. Foods, yeah, good food spots. You know, I love to go to the Walmart, and so I was there. To at the, the
2: Walmart, which is true because uh, if you live in it's, LA, there's only one Walmart <laughs> yeah, in the city and limits. Is,
1: and the one about. But anyway, so. Um, so they all all the divas attend the um, the Martin Luther King parade and mm-hmm. they're all sitting there I guess in like in the, the VIP green room or whatever and Misha Lay's manager then comes up to her who is Kurt Marshall not the manager but Music the musical director. director Kurt Marshall comes up to her and says listen you're gonna have to do a 30 minute set Right. Versus a fifteen minute. And then he gives her these lists with all the words of all the songs that she has to do. And he says he says Hold on wait
2: a minute. When when I saw that, it, was that was he gonna hold that up for her? Oh, because no, I feel like the words were really, really big no, on the page. Probably I thought they
1: were all titles, right? They, probably uh, you notice how the divas were kind of they were kind of uh, there was like a barricade. Yeah, and then so they I'm were assuming they probably would have had something for her to to see, or maybe uh, maybe it would have been on a, on like a musical <laughs> stool or something. I don't know, but mm. but
2: what is it? I thought it was just the track titles. It yeah. wasn't the
1: actual words, right? No, I saw a lot of print. So I, see,
2: that's but I'm saying because that would have been a lot of words to mm. be putting up there. I yeah. thought it was just so she so, could see what song, song is next. Th- okay,
0: so I think the list was. So long it was ridiculous for her, but I thought that was weird. I personally felt like um well i can't I can't blame uh the network because it, it had to do with the Martin Luther King event, although for me it it's just it's these weird unorthodox, unprofessional situations that the ladies are consistently thrown to when they're doing different venues that I feel pulls away from the high quality of a show that they do have. I didn't think she had like if it was coincidence and God so happened to ha- let that happen okay but at the same time it just felt kind of weird that this is another event where something just before they performed to say was black, in there
2: black people events
0: but I, what, you can't really <laughs> say that because it's like I mean they are black people everywhere we go is black but when it comes to their attempts at different kind of performance based events there's always something of somebody dropping the ball at every time and I'm getting tired of that 10 well, minutes
2: I mean-
1: and ten I, minutes before the show
2: that, <laughs> that that I will say that wasn't professional, but at the same time when you' when you're at this caliber you got to be ready for anything I, now I, I I will say that is extreme to double the time of your set mm-hmm. that was a bit much if they said, okay, we have to do twenty minutes and not fifteen cool mm-hmm. but you're saying you're doubling the amount of songs that I'm supposed to do and you're telling me ten minutes before that is absurd, but that's how you know who is good and who is great mm-hmm. because if somebody you tell a great Performer that ten minutes before they gonna freak out, but they gonna get it.
1: Now Claudette brought up a good point. She says, "How many songs are in your fifteen minutes set that right. you normally do?" She says three. So Claudette said, "Well, why don't you try to stretch it?" Right, exactly. And then Little Mo says, "Well, you know, why don't you even why don't you even uh, either do a cover right. or shout or do something to a <laughs> shout to entertain?" <laughs> right. Lil Mo probably would shout, but I get I get where the the girls are trying to offer her advice for how to extend the. The, the three songs that she has, she can maybe do a sing along. So I get where the where the girls were, were were I get where they were going with this. But what really pissed me off was her musical director. Um, this is no diss. Michelle has three songs that she's like super super known for no more lies something something in my heart mm-hmm. and nasty and if you want to go way way back you can do that before you turn uh before you turn off the lights the song that she did with the, the world class recon crew those are her three three hit numbers nice. and for uh, an event like this she's probably not getting paid because it's a it's a parade it was i, I think it was i saw KGLH's um uh, logo in the back so I'm assuming that this is something that they put on for her manager for musical director to say well you know uh, you want to give the fans what they want? No, the fans, the, yeah. the fans are not expecting Michelle to give a thirty-minute performance okay, because correct. the radio has not announced. You, the radio did not announce. You know, Malisha, uh, Misha Lay is going to take uh, take the stage and right. give you a, a give you a full thirty-minute performance. N- they don't never say that. They right. just say that these people are performing. So I thought that was really BS for the musical director to throw that on her, right. especially the kind of. Are, you know the kind of person that Michelet is where mm. she seems to be taking advantage of i just i thought it was i thought it was whack
0: I agree, and I mean for this particular situation it was it was sad, and at the same time it was like Michele has been through a lot when it comes to topics on the show and what she's ha- has had to deal with, and it being so fresh and new with her suicide situation and then having to do so much to appease her career and right. the people involved with that. I think it's it, it It was more so the breakdown had nothing to do with what was actually going on. The breakdown mm-hmm. was because of everything piling up and then you put that <clears throat> at the top. I think she's like it was the example of her being through too much. I could see anybody breaking down like that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I I thought it was one of those moments where I was like, man she's going through so much and there's so many reasons for her to, to feel and feel bad and go off the uh, the deep end that things need to be properly prepared for her. So mm. But I feel like that's somewhat the, the network's responsibility. Is if you're gonna put these people in a situation where their lives are super exposed and they're doing all these things to show their talent and and represent people who are going through things it was this, especially with this case with Michelle I think there shouldn't be that much going on other than her having to perform
1: and being a part of other things. But I, I say, she
2: was high. Yeah. She was high. Yeah, and... I don't know what she was high on, but she was high. That's why she rambled, and that's why she went crazy.
1: Yeah, she she's self-medicated, which she's... Um, I believe she says that, um, when, when she was here, right. that, you know, she would sleep, a, she would sleep a lot and they would have to give her stuff and take drinks. You know, she'd have to, you know, uh, um, take something in order to, you know, basically to get her going so that she can go and perform. So Michelet was definitely on something. I also think that Michelet is not the kind of singer who just does covers. You know, right. if She's, it's Shantae yeah. Moore or Little Mo or, or Grisette, They'll do covers, they'll do whatever they have to do. Or if she was not if she was in a different frame of mind, she simply could have sung a song. Right. She said, Okay, um, my band, you know, then have the pan- the, the band play um another song, kind of like a West Coast song or beat or something, while she go pats her makeup, then c- so there was ways she could have she could have stretched the th- the, the thirty minutes
2: but 10 minutes before yo, that, yeah. is, that is yeah. rough to throw that on somebody
1: yeah. it, is, it is rough but I'm just saying like you say the good between the good and the greats if I don't if she was not as in that state of mind there's ways that she could have went about it I'm just saying right. she could have the mm-hmm. musical director or somebody you know after she did um, uh, No More Lies she could have had the, the, the band play right. play something for six minutes then come back on stage And so there's just ways that she could have went about it but then so once that was oh the damn sound, yeah, Ooh.
2: child. I was like, "Why is she up there whispering?" And then it's because mm. the sound wasn't on. But I'm not even going to friend when she came back when she walked off the stage. I, my initial thought was, I would have probably walked off too. Yeah, it's not yeah. working. Th- that's the whole point. You can't have a show and don't have sound. That is the whole. That's the reason why people are here to hear. Yeah, to use that sense to hear what is going on. And if they can't hear, well, okay, then let me walk off stage while y'all fix it, mm. so I can go up here get you know calm myself back down some. And mm-hmm. but I will say this when she did start singing, I'm not trying to be funny and I love Mich- Michelle but I didn't think it sounded good. And the women were I like, did. oh, she sounded really good. Maybe it's because I felt like I couldn't hear her. Even mm-hmm. though you could hear her barely, I just felt like I couldn't hear her. And because as a result of that, that made me go, I didn't like it. But
0: you can't say. So it would be hard <laughs> for
1: you to know whether or you not you're a hater I, I have to agree with you. I don't think she sound as great as she normally does. Tip, but yes. she was frustrated. She's singing. She's trying to, you know, tell the people, like, cut me up. Cut. Like, right, there, there was right. a lot going through her. And, well, that's
0: for me. And she's, the cat.
2: she's medicated, too, at the same time. So I get it.
0: There was a lot going. On. I again this was another part of the epitome of man, how are y'all throwing so many curveballs at this woman? That should have been prepared. If they were gonna throw uh adding more numbers to
1: her her set, you should know everything else works for her. And she has a band. Why didn't uh why <laughs> didn't, didn't her mus- check yeah. that? why didn't her <laughs> musical director have that all taken care of, exactly. but I don't want to actually blame them because we always find out once the divas are here that that's not what really happened. And then right. something, something else that I noticed that when she came back from, um, from walking off the stage and when she came back to do something in my heart, mm-hmm. did you notice that it was all of a sudden, it was now dark? Right. Yeah. So there was a huge time. time sp- yeah, there was a mm-hmm. huge time span. So I don't, I can't say that, that things went the way it did for what, I'm just saying that TV one appears to do things, to make things look a certain way. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm. And
2: I I wouldn't even say TV one. I would say the producers of the The show because they are separate from TV one.
1: Yeah. The, the producers. Uh so now Leela, um Lila James and Little Mo um have a discussion where they express their concerns. And so now they said that they definitely something's not right, which which we've all very said valid, that yeah. is very valid. And so now they want to talk to her, but they want to talk to her just with the three of them because if they put everyone together then it's not going to work. Seems like and an so, intervention. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so now we go to now Little Mo, um Leela and now Misha Lay at Misha house. She has the glasses on. And what do you guys think about that? All right.
0: I felt it's a touchy situation because she's going through something that everybody's like. It's a big reveal how how not that long ago her attempt on her life was. And also with the way that everything's so public. At first, when I heard um, Lil Mo and Layla got together, I felt felt a little weird about it because even though that's a that's the perfect way to go about it in the sense of look at the uh, proper ideas of how to uh, approach a friend who may be in that kind of need so I didn't mind it but I would have rather them get together off camera so that what they say amongst each mm-hmm. other doesn't get misconstrued and then come to her as we, we want to come to you as a package just because I don't know it seems like being so involved in everybody inches of how they process through the life, it takes away from the intimacy of the actual event to mm-hmm. me personally I mean, it may not be everybody right. else's feelings, but it definitely was i thought it was a great idea, and how it eventually evolved and and helped her I, I was cool with it, but I would have preferred that i don't know when it comes to those kind of things, sometimes I like it to be a private issue handled. Mm-hmm. But that, I think that's just me. Like,
2: well, for this, I, I do think because this is a delicate situation, I, you know, they're right. Michelle, Mich- somebody needs to talk to her. Mm-hmm. When people are in, in a depressed state, the best thing for them is to be around people, mm-hmm. to feel loved, to feel wanted and needed because if they feel isolated, then that reinforces their feelings of depression and abandonment and aloneness. So I do think they're right in saying, okay, we have to talk to her. We have to do it in a way that's not everybody, just us. So she Mm -hmm. doesn't feel attacked and like everybody's in her business. So that was, I, I agree with that. Now when Michele actually came, I thought my heart went out to her like even more because this woman is dealing with a lot. And at that moment, I also, I was almost uncomfortable because for a split second, I was like, Misha like could die soon because of the, like, the, the where she is and mm-hmm. her, how she feels about life. You know, we think about last season. She was going through her depression. You know, she, it seemed like she'd battled with it and she was done with it mm-hmm. and she was able to speak about it and she'd moved on. Now she's getting ready to start a foundation and talk about it. It seems like she's, you know, moving out of depression. But when you see her the way she was in this episode, that made me go, Oh my gosh, she's not out of it. She's not out of the woods. And this, it's very critical. This is, this is a scary state because when people are here, mm-hmm. like what she's talking about, she's barely holding on for her, her 11 year old daughter. And that's
1: the last resort
2: and she can't hold on for that. And
1: Martin Luther King, that was just that was just earlier this year. Right. Mm -hmm. And when she went to the therapy session, she said that she had tried, you know, some time ago to take her life. And then she attempted in some way to to try to take her life again three three weeks ago.
0: So, well, that's my and that's would be my Situation of feeling some type of way about this because you can tell that she's not out of the woods and the fact that she's uh, somebody who is in the forefront and can help people and can be an a image, it's a weird catch-22 because she hasn't necessarily dealt with it herself and she's kind of dealing with, with it while putting it out, the awareness out to people, right. while trying to start a foundation. That's a lot
2: it is, of yeah.
0: responsibility, pressure, mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes, a uh, is she really ready to be as open up and, mm. and, and giving? Because you have to deal with those emotions when you're constantly talking about it, right. constantly focusing on it. So it's, and she doesn't come off as the strongest character. So it puts me in a position of feeling, uh, feeling, feeling for her in the sense of, are they, are they going too far with exposing this or, one thing I did pull out of uh little mo and, and Layla was that they were they knew that she couldn't handle it herself, mm-hmm. and they were willing to go step in and then I, and then the fact that even though they say even if she was like okay i 'm going to go to a therapist which she does in most cases it's not affordable for people to take those kind of steps, and it does take friends going beyond the call of duty and I think that was well represented in the show, but for the real people who aren't privileged and have great opportunities to be around great people all the time or have settings where they could have the show take you to do therapy Mm -hmm. or have the show hook up the situation with Duncan and Elias and all this kind of stuff. I think uh, it makes it even more something that should be taken seriously. I mean, Robin Williams just committed suicide. So this is something that
1: is happening now more than not. And what's also interesting is she tried to take her life some six months um, into season one uh, prior to the divas log. And then she had another incident, you know, apparently while taping right. while taping season, uh, taping the season two. And this entire time she has yet to talk, uh, uh, speak to anyone about it. She has yet, you know, pretty much we can look at this and say maybe it was a year ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So for a full year, she hasn't. God help. She hasn't spoke to anyone. But has been putting it out there and, and helping other which, people make which money.
2: I commend her for that because mm-hmm. that is a brave thing to do. It's a very dark and lonely place. And to allow the world to be exposed to that, she's helping somebody. Mm-hmm. I just really hope and pray that this Helps like her too. That, yeah. As she's mm-hmm. watching this, this is therapy for herself. Because sometimes when you see it on TV, mm-hmm. it's different. And especially if you see yourself, it's, it's different. And I just hope that, you know, Michele gets to a place where she can go, that's how I was. That mm-hmm. what, That's my testimony because look where I am now because I don't want her to, you know, this this could end horribly. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it, if if she didn't have friends that cared about her or if she was in a place of just despair, even if there were people around who cared and she just couldn't see that or she couldn't feel that this could end up ugly. Yeah. Robin Williams just committed suicide like that. You know what I mean? And and so I just would, I don't want that to happen to her. I want her to be empowered and I want her to empower other people with this story because a lot of people go through this.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and big, well, go ahead. And they um, Mo and Lila, you know, said that, you know, as, um, as people of color, you know, we're always taught to either sweep it under the rug right. or, or to pray it out. Right. You know, we don't think about going to, to, to see help, mm-hmm. which I thought was um was a good point to bring up.
0: Because right. it's a it's a situation where there's no real telltale signs until, it, until it's too late. You know, where you've done something or you try something that really put you in harm's way. But when it comes to people's emotions and what they take as that's lightweight or that's something real serious. It varies between everybody and everybody's. Threshold for dealing with stuff is different, and as we grow up, you find a lot of stuff you got to deal with, you have to deal with it on your own. You have to, you, you are the one who deals with the most of you. So, being that is something that there's no like real oh, okay, you got spots, so I know to get put some cream on you to deal with your situation, mm-hmm. it is something where you just got to be able to be open to people, communicate, talk. So, then. You may not be aware that you're depressed. That's the thing. When you're just feeling sad, you think, oh, I'm sad today. I won't be sad tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow comes and the next day, the next day, until somebody's
1: like, man, you've been talking real down. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. But that takes communication as just a natural thing. Speaking of communication, what did you guys think now? Claudette is aware of Michelle's situation. Cla- Claudette, or we haven't seen on camera. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to accuse her of not saying anything, but on camera. We haven't seen Claudette mention this to any of the girls now in most cases when you have a conversation, if if Alfred or either one of you guys, if we're having a conversation, um, I if we're having a conversation, the conversation stays between you and I. But in this instance, should Claudette have said something to the rest of the divas or she should have kept it to herself what do you now, guys think about that I
2: don't think she should have said anything or I mean it sh- that we know if she hasn't said anything but Just because a- of the conversation she had mm-hmm. with um, because of what Claudette and Michelle talked about with mm-hmm. each other they were both mothers you know single mothers that had been going through some really dark stuff you know and dealt with abuse that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I think the conversation they had was very personal between them two mm-hmm it was because of what they both mutually went through that mm-hmm. they could talk to each other about it and I don't think that was something that really needed to be shared in the way that you know Michele I- posed it to her like mm-hmm. you know you're past it I'm still in the beginning stages of getting out of it mm-hmm. so it didn't seem as she was that dark you know I think last episode of the episode before she didn't Michelle didn't seem she was. it was so dark mm-hmm. it seemed like she was, she was coming out into the light but, but this was the first time yeah, that it looked like that
1: because I was going to say so even after the whole incident when they were at the Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Parade. Do you? So you're saying that after witnessing her breakdown and her potentially on something, you think Claudette should have just still kept it the kept what Misha is going through, not the past, but just you know, hey girls, um, I think blah 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 blah. No,
2: but you know what? Probably, I think that part was staged as far as. Um Lomo and Leela being the ones like, let's talk to her. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there probably was a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure yeah. when Michelle went up on that stage, all of them was sitting there like, y'all, it ain't, something ain't right. Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. don't need to talk to her. But I think there was, it was just more impactful to say, okay, the producers probably pulled, a, you know, uh, Mo and, and Leela to the side, like, okay, we just need somebody to, mm-hmm. you know, go approach this with her because it, it does look like an intervention if everybody is like, mm-hmm. hey, we're all concerned about you. It just kind of seems like an attack more than something that's helpful.
1: Yeah. Well, they did agree. So once she went to the therapy session, um uh, she gave her kind of the breakdown of what happens and how there's the assessment and how, mm-hmm. you know, something like this takes over the course of a year. And she asked if she would be willing to to uh, try this. And so Michelle said she would. And so we hope to see more sessions. Actually, I don't really. Do, I don't know if I even want to see that oh, I, again I think for, some... for the sake of TV. I hope that she could whether we see it or not. I, I hope that she continues to uh, to carry on with therapy. Right. And
2: I, and I think she, I mean, she's taking the first step, which I think a lot of people can learn that, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, it all starts somewhere. And, and most, for most of us, it's back in our childhood somewhere. And, you know, we see that with Michelle A talking to her therapist and talking about her abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad she's getting to the root of it because you gotta go all, you got it gets ugly first before it gets better. So she gotta go back through all those memories, all that stuff, and all those feelings and, and, you know, conjure all that up, bring it to the forefront so she can deal with them and she doesn't have to
1: mm-hmm.
2: keep that in her spirit anymore.
1: Well, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's now move on to the rest of the women. So the Diva demands, they were met. So we open up the show Yay! with them, uh, all the ladies at Claudette's house. And mm-hmm. she says that the de- the, um, the demands have all been met and that in addition to the studio time that they brought together um, with the uh, girls, a producer, and the producer is no other than Mr. Juan Campbell, who is... I mean, his resume is so long. Right. I don't, Do I even need to say who he is?
2: He is the uh, producer extraordinaire.
1: Yeah, he's worked with everybody. He's right. worked with all of the all of the divas except for uh, Lila and Claudette. But he's worked with everyone. Uh, he's probably most known for being married to Erica Campbell from Mary Mary. Um, he produced a really good CD of hers, her, her solo CD, Help. But yeah, he's his resume is just super long right. and on top of that he started off um, with the West Coast rappers and, and Misha said that yeah, he, he, was, he was a death row producer and Misha said that she used to babysit mm-hmm. him when he was a kid mm. <laughs> so that's funny Um so anyway so the diva demands are met and so when it was announced that Warren was the producer all of the women were really excited but Little Mo did say is this the real Warren Campbell because <laughs> I know how much he charges as a producer and how is this guy Caesar, how is he handling this? Yeah,
2: don't worry about how look, Puerto Rico money is long. Leave, mm-hmm. don't be asking them questions. Just be happy that y'all got him. Just be happy you got Warren Cable. <laughs> I
0: don't think they're gonna end up be happy.
1: Um I can see well I can see I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. If Claudette says it's taken care of, then it's taken care of. But just as an artist and what all of these women go through, I mean, Misha Lay was at an event sponsored by KJLH, that is Stevie Wonder Station, and the damn sound wasn't great. So I can see why these women want to ask these questions, because if you look at season one and then you look at the other (laughs) three seasons of, uh, of Divas Atlanta, things always go bad and sound is always crappy, so... Looking at the track record, I don't blame Mo for saying, mm-hmm. "Yo, what's up?" Now, if it was a different circumstance, then yeah, sure, shut up. Okay, Warren Campbell is handled, but no, geez, well, it's th- like, huh? Right,
2: but I, I don't think she was saying it like that. I think she was saying like, "How can we afford?" Yeah, yeah. Like, I think she probably because you know, little Mo is always on the money tip, especially with her now having <laughs> to be like the breadwinner in her family. Yeah, she's always worried about them coins, mm-hmm. so she clearly is mm-hmm. like, "How can we get Warren Campbell on yeah. this?" So that has her thinking like. Okay, well, we probably need to get paid a little more because these Puerto Rico people is just shelving out money, Mm -hmm. apparently, because, of course, Warren Campbell is not cheap to get to produce two
1: songs. I thought she was asking in the sense of, okay, are you sure that this is going to work because we've been in situations before where we're told one thing and then it's not the other. So I thought she was coming from that perspective.
0: I think it's a combination of both because I took it as... Okay, so we got Warren. So then the situation with us being writing and credit on this is going to switch up, change up. People being able to get what they want out of it is actually going to be less because it becomes more of him bringing the project <clears throat> together. And as you see, mm-hmm. with the way he sees it, it was totally different than what the ladies saw originally mm-hmm. with them coming together and collaborating. I'm
2: Oh, I was going to say, I'm glad... That um, everything was went smoothly with uh, Chrisette and saying that it wasn't her boyfriend anymore as a producer. Justin was no longer because at first I thought she was going to be a little salty, but I'm glad she was like, "Okay, I'm glad this was an easy way to get my man Mm, out of this because I don't want to mix business and pleasure," which is smart.
1: Mm -hmm. Which I don't think he. I
2: don't think he would be mad. I don't think
1: he would be mad, and she said something about how this would be more. It was more like a friend hookup or something. Right, right, right. I I couldn't have. I really couldn't see him working with all six of those women. And I think they would have run, run, over run over him. him. Yeah. Exactly. And, and
2: Warren ain't playing that as we clearly see.
1: Yeah, he's not. And so now let's go to them when they were all in the studio with Warren. So Warren says that... Can't all of y'all sing? He says...
2: <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it right there. He Here say, you. Yeah. point period. He
1: says, if all six women leave the song, it's going to sound like a we are the world song. <laughs> What's do wrong you, with that? Do you agree <laughs> or disagree that all women shouldn't leave the song? Do you... I think
0: they... Well... Off of it being something for Puerto Rico, something that is like a representation of powerful American voices that are selling this product, basically. I feel like they all should have a point of contribution that is a uh, stigma uh, sticks with them and what they bring to the table. Rather than, you know, we'll just have three of y'all do leads and then everybody else kind of mesh in the background, even though there's two versions. I think that still allows for because like I said it wasn't it's not supposed to be like a song <clears throat> on the radio mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a promo song so it's supposed to go with them selling Puerto Rico and it's wonderful life I think that can have a lot of layers and levels to it so it can allow and there is time allowed for it to happen but if he is who he is for a reason so I, I think that's like the, the tug of war because they have to respect where he's coming from because of who he is and at the same time They still want to have some kind of real representation of themselves within this project. The last thing you want to do is say, go listen to the Puerto Rico thing. And all you're doing is in the background.
2: I I think if there's two songs and you should split it up, Mm -hmm. you should have some variation. I don't really know what the variation would be. If it's like four on one song, two on the other, three and three. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But if you're going to have two songs and everyone cannot be lead, Mm -hmm. because I mean, that makes sense. It is. That's a lot of people. Six people singing lead on a song that ain't that long. Okay, I get it. So you need to split them up and everyone should get a little snippet of their own little solo, even if it's just like five words. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Everyone should have it because that's what this project to me. It it wasn't about you can you can pace people that aren't famous to sing a song. If that's what you were looking for is just one lead person and a bunch of background singers. Why the heck would you have all these famous people that doesn't make sense because that's just taking up extra money that you could have clearly paid for five people to do what one of them is doing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Hire you some background singers. Don't use these. Don't waste these women's time doing that. I would say you got two songs. Split them up. That's even and that's fair.
1: So I like we are the world. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Um, I think that splitting, uh, doing one song in two and two versions from a business perspective. I'm not really sure if that would qualify as two songs, so I think that I think the song should definitely be split up. I'm just unsure. Like if we do if we do the um uh what's that, what does that say again? That says "biracial is beautiful." So if there was a song called "biracial is beautiful," part one and part two, from a business standpoint, and they're paying for studio time with the producers or the people who's paying, be like, "Nah, this is that's not a second song. I don't want a remix." So I'm Okay, just, but
2: either way, it, it doesn't matter if it's a part one, part two, or two completely different songs.
1: I'm just saying, I'm legally, I'm not sure what's in right, what what was agreed upon. So
2: I'm just saying, I think it would be smart, you know, if you're not going to do a "We Are the World," mm-hmm. fine. Then you need to split everybody up, and and you know, for him to say Shantae, is mm-hmm. <laughs> background or what? I I don't know. I don't I don't know what's okay. I just feel like he sh- he should split the songs up. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. If we're not doing "We Are the World" type of song, split them up.
1: And speaking of background, Shantae did say that she was mm-hmm. the only one to sing background. Right. And Warren did say that he needed, um, he thinks for the background, with it being Puerto Rico, you need a very sexy, lush type of voice, which he feels Shantae is the only one who has that voice. Right. So it, I guess that makes sense why she's the only one to sing background. Um, and then he also mentioned about that everyone agrees to uh, leave equals out the door, including themselves. So that seems great. Right. But where the subtle ugliness could have gotten ugly is when little mo said let's keep it real there's n- none of us has a song on the radio except for <laughs> chrisette mm. and shantae says uh, excuse me i do <laughs> and she said she says um <laughs> she, heard she, top she it? said Pop station, not the R&B. And she was like, no, it's number 17 uh, on the Urban um, urban Adult Contemporary. And she was like, I don't check the charts. <sighs> Little mo, shush.
2: <laughs> I mean, but she's being she's being honest. She didn't check the charts. She didn't know that Shantae was number 17. I yeah. mean, let's be real. How many times have you heard that song spin on the radio? Not a lot.
1: How many people listen to the radio? I do. I'm a radio person. Because I just I mean, because we come up <laughs> on the phone. Um, just, just a little mo. Just zip, zip. It, it
0: was it was unnecessary, but at the same time,
1: I felt like they
0: all kind of put themselves in a position, of, like to have that little hissy fit with the way they were. Ill prepared with their version of what they wanted to do with the song yeah. and how that kind of trickled down. It, it, like, that's one of the things is like, if you're not, if you're not prepared to present something, don't, don't even show it. Mm-hmm. Cause they, I think, <laughs> yeah, it put them into a submissive point of view at that point because now Warren's like, oh, lord y'all come up with garbage and I'm really gonna have to take control. And I think, it's. It was a little sad because I would have liked to see that battle between them, him looking at them like they got their shit together. I'm gonna have to work around what they already have, and I'm trying to bring myself to the table. Rather than it looks, it looked like they didn't
1: even go over it. They was weren't really thinking about presenting, it, but all of a sudden was like, right, let's do this." Which is why it's. In, which is why it's great that he was brought to the table mm-hmm. because, as much as they have had rehearsals and they've practiced writing. They weren't prepared, right? And so I think that's great that yep. they were able to do that. I just think Little Mo should just zip it. Um, I expe- <laughs> I respect her honesty because she's right. None of them don't have hit songs on the popular pop, the hip hop, R right. and B radio stations, except for Quesset. I get that and I'm glad she's honest with herself as an artist because some artists can be delusional about their relevancy yeah. right, in, right. In, in, in pop culture. So I She should have tr- just
2: been like, when Shantae said I got a song, she should have just <laughs> been like, oh, my bad. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. know, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like yeah. that would have been a little more effective mm-hmm. than her to try to fight for that and be like, well, I'm talking about the pop charts. Yeah. The- she should have just been like, oh, my bad.
1: Yeah. And so. Speaking of Chrisette and her having a song on the radio, so Chrisette is having this issue with her record label Motown Records because she wants to do this, this record called, um. Lyricist Opus. Yes, mm-hmm. Lyricist Opus. And so she's on Skype with her mom and her mom says, well, I'll talk to the label and I think it's best that if we fund, that we fund it our, ourselves. So basically the label's not, they're not feeling it. Right, and so yeah. now she has to fund it herself, and she meets with a guy um, so they can get the keys together on the piano, and mm-hmm. then she gets the 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 horn the horn sections mm-hmm. to to get things going. I thought it was great. I'm glad to see that that um, that there's music, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I, th- I thought it was cool. I don't really have much to say. There's not really anything to debate. I just want to mention it. I thought it was great. I mean,
0: uh, well, one thing I, I brought up, I got out of it was the fact that you're not always going to have backing from the machine. Mm-hmm. And it right. it is good to put yourself in a position to be able to fund your own ideas and passions. I think uh, Chrisette is definitely the artsy-fartsy kind of artist right. who would always be someone who goes against the grain. Not against the grain, but more on her own path. Right. And that is a certain type of artist to deal with. And for the machine... I feel like it does take a sense of you know it's like betting on a horse you try to put them in races that you know you're gonna win because you want that revenue back but at the same time you don't want to hinder them from being the creative minds that they can be and Mm -hmm. i think at that point it is a well if you believe in this so much you fund it and if it goes off then we'll come in to support you i feel like she has that relationship with her, her um right Record label because yeah. it wasn't no shade of, oh, they're not supporting me. In fact, I, I, I doubt that she really thought that that was going to happen, but she still you never know. You know what I mean? You always present what you want and deal with your people because that's just how business should be properly done. Regardless, mm-hmm. if you want to do something else, just don't go off and do it. So I like the fact that they went to the label. I like the fact that the label gave them an honest response and they were able to take that and decide what they wanted to do. And it was even better to see that whole process from. I got this idea of something I want to do, the meeting with her mom, all the way to the meeting with the label, all the way to let me just find the different, how involved she has to be with that process. I don't think a lot of people get exposed to how hands on and right. into it you have to be in order to get your stuff off the ground. Well, speaking I'm of- glad
2: she's doing that too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to keep her sharp and stay creative because you have no choice when you put your own funds behind something. Are you going to make sure that thing right?
1: Totally. Well, let's just jump into news and gossip because it's in regards to
0: Chrisette.
1: So last, last week, Chrisette announced that she regrets doing RB Divas because of all the negative backlash, which I thought was very weird because I haven't read any negative backlash on her per se, but I guess she's tired overall just of the brands and how there's negative backlash be you know maybe because Shantae's did this or you know so there's always something that people are going to say especially in and and um in a world where people can just leave comments and and scrutinize, just, your life. and scrutinize your life just because they want to do that or they simply don't like you so they want to you know leave long scriptures of how how you're yeah, yeah. an mistake and being rude and so I just thought that did you not know that could yes. potentially happen, especially when she made the comment about, yes, we know Kelly Price, you're booked. So she's aware of what happened to season two. So why would she have regrets? Like, she should have known that people were going to have things to say um, about the show in general.
2: Right. But I think this, just like Shantae said last week, you you never really know how this is until you get to do it you can't really understand what it's like to have your whole entire life scrutinized and have people comment on it and people be so invested in your life people you don't even know Mm -hmm. until you do it yeah and so yes you can say yeah you should know you're doing reality show that they're going to try to make you look bad they're going to take anything you say and twist it and, and manipulate it and edit it so that you they can get the best show and the best ratings that they can get and if they have to villainize you they will villainize you talking about the producers mm-hmm. they'll do that they're they worried about the show they're not worried about your personal life yeah. so we can say that and we can all say oh we don't want our lives to be scrutinized like that but then you know maybe in her head she thought she was hopeful and like oh you know I'm just going to be really positive and just be myself and And for the most part, I'm a happy, you know, happy, kind person. Maybe she didn't think that people really were going to say anything. So, again, you can't really understand what it's like to be on a reality show until you do it.
0: Very true. And And with that, I am I would take it as a double edged sword in the sense of she's very boisterous about her opinion. So even even with her saying that, I think that's just her being real, because I'm sure it gets annoying. Everybody want to talk about the garbage, or not garbage, but the tension that's on the show that has nothing to do with her for the most part, Mm -hmm. unless she stands up for herself, it can get annoying to deal with other people's problems because it's associated with now
1: your brand. Very true. Um, I've heard people make comments about some of the women um, that they will tag me in, but they'll tag Chrisette and some of the other women. I'm just like, why would you do that? (laughs) They're trying
2: to say you messy, Bam <laughs> That's what they're trying to say Bam's messy, let me go ahead and put his name on it
1: <laughs> We all gotta get paid Whatever <laughs> Well, let's go on to predictions now
2: Predictions Ooh. And now, you're After Buzz TV The lights. Predictions You go first, now I want you to go
1: Uh, My predictions is there's two things. Uh, It reveals that Lila has an interview with the online magazine (laughs) and the, the journalist or the, the young lady who was doing the interview said that so the soul music is a dying breed. And Lila said, well, how is it dead when I'm still here? Um, I like Lila because she definitely speaks her mind and she, basically had she wouldn't allow that statement to, to be mentioned. So I think it's gonna be interesting. We get to see a little bit more of Leela and then uh, they talk about the Grammy nominations and then Little Mo has a performance and then in the middle of the song she stops and um I don't
2: <laughs> she, she's gonna improvise. Yeah. I think they're making that super dramatic. I think it's super mm. dramatic
1: too. I think that's probably <laughs> when she sung um I think that was at the series club when she uh she did um the Lauren Hill X Factor. I think it's Dramatically for for the sake of camera I think she may could have maybe stopped and you know be maybe patted her ponytail or something who knows but I don't mm. think it's as big as what they're making it
2: right and I and that whole comment to Leela about the soul music I mean the way the reporter posed it was some people say that the soul music is a dying breed mm. I don't think she was saying that mm. wasn't a personal attack on Leela, but that is true that yeah. people do say that yeah mm. so I don't think that Le- Leela should have been offended you know, by the that's a legitimate question because people have said that. Yeah, no, it's not a knock to you. Yeah. No. it's not a lot of people doing what you're doing. Just saying. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna pick my hair out like that next week. I've, every time I see Leela's hair, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get enough gumption to do it.
1: Get your black. I thought film. she was Looks- gonna. I thought pick she it out because my hair yeah. is
2: that big when I do that. I, I, I want to do looked it
1: tight with the big hair and yeah. I I'm gonna it was, try it next week. Nice I'm scared. Leather,
2: I'm scared, but I'm oh, gonna try it. Well, I've well, never you, walked out of public with my hair that big. Well,
1: not with the headphones. You you won't be able to rock it here.
2: But that's what Lila's gonna, gonna look like back. when she comes in. she's gonna have a big old poof of hair because we gonna get her on this show. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, we gonna get her and it. And we're going to get you guys To tune in again next week For After Buzz TV's On BDVS LA Season 2 We want to thank you guys For tuning in And let everyone know Where you can be found On social media at
2: all, As always Make sure you hit me up On Facebook Instagram and Twitter At Meg Scoop And don't forget to Follow us on iTunes Subscribe to our podcast And make sure you rate Comment Give us 5 stars And we love your comments On YouTube Keep them coming And they talk bad about you Bam They said you was A Lomo's publicist Oh, shit sure.
0: <laughs> Well you can find me at uh, at Twitter, uh, all eyes on black, and at Instagram,
1: ANT, the number two black. Um, can I just put you on blast? Yes. You, but no, it's a good blast. You have a web series and you've yet to mention it.
2: Oh, you know what? I always forget that because I'm so in tune to R&B Divas. Make sure you go to YouTube and check out Colored People TV. Colored People TV, it's a hilarious web series. You're going to love it. Check out Colored People TV on YouTube.
1: And you can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. You guys, uh, thank you for watching, and we'll see you guys next week.